Welcome to Gaia's Voice. I'm Pepper Lewis. For the last 20 years, I've had the privilege of listening to our Earth speak directly through me in a process that is sometimes called channeling. Over centuries, our Earth has been called Gaia, an affectionate and friendly term that simply means life-giving. I hope you'll find Gaia's words as meaningful and direct as I have. Welcome to Gaia's Voice. Returning to the subject then, ever so easily, we must explore just a bit further, inspiration. For here and there, ones would say, why have we not an inspired leader? What does it take, after all, to have an inspired leader? So how then would the realm of inspiration guide one that we would term a leader? Or why would a leader be termed more inspired than one that would follow the leader? Very well then, to acknowledge such, it is only the realm of original thinking, original matter, that which is unrehearsed, that a true leader can draw upon. For only when one sees what is the need and responds to that need as if in the moment, does one draw upon inspiration and creativity. If it is not this, then it is no more than a rehearsal. A dress rehearsal, you will call it what you will, but it is no more than a repeat. And what is it then about this country then? And what is it now about the world at large that will seem that each moment is but a repeat of the moment before? What is it that will say, what does it now take for the next moment to be different, for humanity to be unique? for it to recognize itself as one, as new, as innocent in mastery speaking. And we'll say to you then that the very difficulty in this is that humanity in essence, mass consciousness, mass unconsciousness, has succumbed to the realm of the mind so that the intellect now governs. If you look for the inspired leader, it is the inner realms now that hold this. But if you look only to the outer realms now, you will see but a rehearsal of the moment before, the governance before, the administration before, the rules and the laws of before. Be they now time or Roman time or what it will be, it is but a rehearsal, it is but a repeat. Inspiration is now tucked away momentarily. Inspiration, creativity, belongs to the unknown. And there are few among you that will say, the unknown is my home. For there are those instead that will say, where is the comfort? Where is the comfort zone? That is where I wish to be. That is where I belong. For to go beyond that is taxing, to go beyond that is stressful and I can bear no more stress. Therefore, the mind rehearses, the mind employs, and creativity and inspiration suffer. So much suffer that it seems as if they are underground. It seems that they are beneath or beyond the normal grasping. Now, 
one must say as well that this is somewhat natural for this time. First off, it must be said that this is the ending of one great age, the Piscean Age. It is the beginning of another great age, the Aquarian Age. So we find ourselves now as if in a gap. And the gap then belongs not to the past and not to the future and in essence not to the present either. And because it belongs in essence to no time, that is why linear time now is drawn upon, counted upon, and relied upon, and insisted upon. Linear time then belongs to the mind. Linear time belongs to the thought and to the repeats of thought. So once again, we have another reason why inspiration and creativity seem to lag behind. This particular now time has been called the information age. Information as well belongs to the mind. It belongs to the intellect. And a creative thought is difficult to find in this realm. And for this reason, we have performed the exercise that but moments ago completed you. And in essence, exercises such as these must be employed here and there in one environment and another to reignite the passions. The new ones that will be born into this time will already understand this, for the hemispheres of their minds and their brains will already be somewhat bridged. The polarity that exists within them, the axis of how they hold their being, already will be somewhat unique to their nature. And what some will need struggle for in order to re-remember, re-ignite, will be but an ordinary moment, albeit an original one for the new ones. So our topic then, inspiration, creativity, igniting of the passions, and all that comes forward as original. I present this to you then for your consideration. And perhaps based then upon these thoughts, I would welcome your own queries, your own thoughts, your own suggestions, and what can be offered to be of delight to the senses then. Hello, Kaya. Indeed, sweet one. <laughs> um, I guess it's been going on for a while now, but it's been very recently I've been noticing this like very, very intense sort of staticky sound in my head. That, like, I guess we would call it white noise sounding. And um, I'm just curious as to what this is because like whenever I try and quiet my mind to try and meditate or even try and go to sleep it just gets so intense that my head is just like throbbing from it basically. Yes. Now in essence here is your answer and perhaps one that has not come before you. The speed with which the earth now turns upon its axis is just a bit different than it was a very short time ago. And this speed makes time a bit different, makes the days go by 
a bit differently, a bit quickened. Your own being quickened as well. But do you know what is not quickened? The mind. So the mind then, because it belongs to only the linear time, the agreed upon linear time, the mind makes not this adjustment. And the mind then, speaking to the other physical organs of the body, does not make the adjustments for it, not very quickly so. So the eyes that could perceive magic about them, they do not. And the ears that could hear but very great whispers of wisdom within, hear instead what you have termed this noise. Mm. And all that rests within the being as well then is more accustomed. And the interesting thing of humanity is that it makes more way for itself now to become accustomed to this rather than to say it is inaccessible. There must be another part of my being that can then change or shift this. But more comfortable it is for humanity to adjust itself as if this noise would be the norm. And for the variety of the unconsciousness, it is that norm. So, you cannot, in essence, dismiss this noise, but will say to you at the same time, that it is not your mind that you need quiet now. And it is for this reason that we make the distinction here in the evenings between consciousness and the mind. The aspect of you that is moving into this future age is consciousness. The mind, well, it will go along for the ride eventually. But for some, it will be less and less of importance what the mind thinks, what the mind does. Mm. The mind is the aspect of the being that will simply care for the body and such. The consciousness will care and speak for the soul. In essence, then, once again, you cannot dismiss this noise. It is a part of the motion of the Earth, of the entire planet now. And the very information age exacerbates it, makes it louder at times. The very field of the electronics and such make it louder, make it more pronounced. So by all means then, make the mind accustomed to it. But take your consciousness elsewhere. Your consciousness need not acknowledge this. Say then, ah, so be it, the noise itself. To the mind you go. But my consciousness that to the heavens goes. Mm. Yes? Yes. Indeed. And um, I have another question yes. going in a different direction. Um, I'm going to Virginia on Saturday where I grew up. And um, I'm wondering why I'm feeling so drawn to go back there when I really, really don't <laughs> want to go back there. Indeed. And how long will you be there? Um, no idea. Um, I don't know. Very well. You are drawn there because there are ley lines in your body that correspond to the ley lines there. And there is an energetic tug, pull. Understand that there are those that say there are heart strings that pull. There are as well ley lines that pull. And when one has lived in an area more than once. In essence, this life and before this life, there is a resonance that is created. So that past, present and future are aligned, even as planets become aligned. 
And when such alignment of energies takes place along the lines of your own astrology and such, there is the pull and the ley lines as if come active, just as fault lines that create earthquakes and such become active. In your case now, this becomes active and it will pull and it will tug until gravity or what it will be will place you there again. It is for this reason that I have asked you, how long do you believe you will be there? And as you have said, you do not know. You see, because there is not necessarily a specific purpose, but a resonance that pulls you there. When that resonance, when that great cycle, even as the planets move away again, complete, your experience there will be complete as well, at least for this lifetime. And then you will be free to move about to where else you would place yourself. Why do you believe that so many beings return here to the energies of the mountains? Its lines of energy are very great indeed, and lifetime after lifetime they will as well at first offer an invitation, and then perhaps another, and at the final they will insist and tug and pull and do what they must. You see? Yes. So it is your consciousness then that obeys. You obey the pull of the earth at times and of the heavens at other times, for they are equal within you, you see? Mm -hmm. Indeed. Thank you. Good evening, Gaia. Good eve. I'd like to ask you about the experience that we had and also the little book that you recommended we read on the message of the Master in creativity. And the instruction being um, in the exercise that you gave when we're in consciousness to look about and see this and see that. And in the book, the instruction was to use the inner mind, not the, the mind that rehearses, to create an imprint outward. My question is that I find um, great difficulty in that I do not see anything in these exercises and feel um, frustrated when the direction is look about and see this or see that and then my mind just goes nuts and I can't do it. Can you enlighten me a little bit on why I have a restricted inner vision? Because it feels like I can't create. Yes. You have restricted your inner vision, sweet, because you have depended upon it too highly, too deeply at other times. So much so that you blinded yourself once in a life in order that you would see only with the inner eyes. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine a very beautiful young woman setting all else aside and blinding herself by placing herself too near the fire in order that only the inner eyes would guide? Now, what happened in that life? Can you remember it? No. Very well. Shall I enlighten you? Please do. In that life then, the outer eyes were silenced in the hopes or in the belief, as it were, that the inner eyes would be the ones to see and that they would see only truth. For all prayer had indicated that it would be such in that life. 
and all promise of those that led the prayers also indicated that it would be as such. But interestingly in that life, you did see. What did you see? You saw what the outer eyes saw, even without them. You saw and experienced the outer world and not what the inner vision revealed. And the reason for this again is that the inner vision is not a vision at all. It is an awareness. In essence then, by heeding the words of others in that life, you were left without an outer vision and with an inner vision that saw only what the outer eyes would have seen. There was not the including of gifts. There was not the seeing of spirit. The angelic kingdom nigh presented itself but once or twice as if to tease. So that you sought and sought in all ways and in all places and by all accounts and by all promises. But what you did not do then was to acknowledge that the inner sight is not a sight at all. It is an awareness. Mm. It is a coming together of all the senses. Here I will describe to you. The true inner sight, dear, is that which hears and feels and knows and sees but but a bit and touches ever so lightly and smells ever so lightly. And all of this comes about in a perception in a knowing. Those that say to you otherwise of the inner vision, in essence tis true, they see, but they do not perceive. Those that see, see, but it does not mean that they hear, it does not mean that they know, and they are not nary the wiser for it. In essence, dear, it is your mind that must release you from the spell that surrounds you so that what you perceive on the inner planes is what you are and what you are becoming and what you are desiring and what you are creating. For all the exercise of this evening then, the experience was of dark matter, the unknown. How can one see the unknown? was an impossible task set to you, you see. But when an impossible task is set, it is so that the mind will not be able to participate in it. The purpose of all impossible tasks is so the mind will abandon the prospect and the consciousness will take over and the soul and the spirit benefit in the process. There is no thing to see. What does one see in nothing? What does one see in the all? Can you perceive the all? What is the all? What would you see with the outer eyes or the inner eyes? If I will say to you now, imagine with all your heart and all your passions, see now with your inner vision, see the all. What would you see? And if I will say to you now, let us do the opposite. Let us use all of our resources and the entirety of the inner vision in this experience and let us see the no thing. What would you see? 
the experience itself is impossible impossible for the mind the mind then instantly would say to you ah but is an impossible task and it will abandon you such is the purpose of the exercise but then the consciousness will say but I understand the nothingness is the all and the all is the nothingness and the moment I perceive that I find myself within it and if I am within it I can create with it because then I am not separate from it and all of this the consciousness then becomes knowingness and from the unknown one gathers a grain or two grains or even three of knowingness and that which the vacuum would not take from you it will return to your consciousness with you then so your very great lessons then sweet are this your outer eyes are well worth keeping and you must care for them the inner sight is well worth having and always desire it but as you desire it know that it is not separate from the outer nor is it separate from the knowingness that perceives all and nothing as one for truth belongs to the realm of consciousness and this is what you truly seek in this life is it not to be fully conscious mm -hmm. and fully enlightened of the light of consciousness that you may consciously go about your way mm, yes has little and nothing to do with sight and again those that would say it to you say it not in falseness but not in completeness either mm -hmm. so I have from this other experience um, limited outer vision and inner vision to rely on knowingness other, yes. other things is yes. that correct but there is nothing greater than the knowingness and the perception of knowingness and to delve into the unknowingness and to retrieve from that a bit of knowingness and all this again belongs to the realm of soul it belongs to the realm of spirit to the active soul and all that you perceive and all that you bring forth will come from this perception everywhere that you enter sweet any realm worth entering is made of dark matter it is the unmanifest realm if it were already manifest and you were there to perceive it of what good is that mm. If it is already manifest, it belongs to the present or another's present or the past or what it would be. Of what use is that moment? Ah, but the unmanifest, unspoken, undetermined. This is the realm of pure creativity that we have been exploring. It is the realm of inspiration. And one enters that bare. One enters that without anything but the purpose of the moment itself. For the mind cannot enter it as you have seen. The mind will battle you not to mm -hmm. enter it. And in the end, either you will enter it only in the perception of consciousness, or you will remain battling with the mind and cursing the experience itself. Or the others that perhaps have gathered but a moment, a grain of sand within the experience. Such is the purpose of the vacuum that will draw you but leave the mind behind. Such is the purpose of the vacuum at the other end of the pole as well that will allow you to emerge but with only what you can carry in essence, you see? Mm -hmm. It is the cave of wonders. What can you carry from that cave of wonders? Through perception, not sight. Yes. Now to speak in terms of Aladdin again. 
Was it what he carried beyond the Cave of Wonders or the memory of how to return to the cave that was of most value to him? The memory on how to return. Yes? Yeah. And this was within the inner planes, it was within the realm of knowingness, yes? Yes. It was not the sight that guided him there, but the knowingness. Mm. Thank you. Indeed. I just wanted to know, I've been feeling like, um, I don't know, someone said to me the other day, like, you remind me of this girl, but she was freer. And like, that really struck a chord with me. And I was wondering if you had any advice for me how to be freer. What means freer to you, sweet? What means it to you? Uh, being, that, being able to like pick up and, and leave town whenever I want to, travel all over the place, hang out, have free time to just be with people, not feeling stuck in one spot. Very well. Freedom is an illusion. And this is evident by the fact that your soul is now contained by your body. Your soul is free to explore within the realms of the limitations of the body. For by purpose it has attached itself to this body, associated itself with this life, and though it would seem that the mind may create unlimited experiences for itself, Always there is something or someone that tethers you. It is gravity that tethers you to the earth. You are not free to lift off of your own will. In essence, sweet, to understand the nature of true freedom, one must also understand the nature of true purpose. When you are directed by your soul's purpose, you are free to walk along that soul's purpose, but not to deviate from it, not if it will not honor your soul. The way to divine and perfect and true freedom, then, is to each day honor that which you are completely. I am that I am, not the who that I am, the what that you are. That what you are, when it is honored and fulfilled, purposefully so, you will not feel either free or not free. You will not be a prisoner to your life or to your body. Then. The true nature of freedom will express itself. It will express itself in choice, in creativity, in how you see yourself more than how you see others. Others perceive you then as being on purpose but not aligned with your purpose. And this is reflected to you and this is what your true question is based upon. In other words, there is a freedom within your being to explore more greatly your purpose, to explore more greatly your life. And when that is not lived fully and completely, that purpose then encourages you to look elsewhere. And that is what you are now seeking, not how to be as others are, and not even to define the freedom as you have, but how to be aligned with the concept of freedom as it expresses itself in and through your beingness. Your truth then. Your truth is your freedom, your freedom is your truth, and all of these are aligned with your purpose. Now, in the next six months or so, 
This question will completely embody you. It will enfold you so that you would not be able to set it aside. It is not to trap you. It is to release or to free you, to use your own words, to live your purpose more fully, to be fully engaged in your life rather than the imagination of what your life might be. To begin to be at choice, I am, I see, I choose, I decide, I decree, and like that. The next six months will begin to invite you to participate at the soul level. And you will find that in some areas of your life, your path will broaden and greatly so. And in other areas of your life, your path will narrow and greatly so. And all of these will be designed by your soul so that you will understand not only your purpose, but how to live it. Not only your body, but how to make it well and full. Not only your mind, but how to make it creatively aligned with you. The higher and the lower self will begin to communicate more deeply, which will free you, in essence, to be whole rather than part or half. The hemispheres of the brain will create such bridges between the two that you will feel more full, more whole in your thinking and therefore in your conscious expressions. You are moving toward a freedom of sorts and to a certain extent you will question this throughout this entire life. When you find yourself captive in relationship you will wonder toward your freedom as it would be. And when you find yourself in what you believe is true freedom, you will wonder as to whether you are alone or paired or one of many or one that is alone. Aligned with your purpose then is a discovery of what the soul considers itself to be sovereign. To be sovereign is to be more than free. To be sovereign is to be complete. To be sovereign is to be whole unto oneself. To be sovereign is to think and create and decree based on one's purpose rather than one's neighbors. And this you will discover greatly beginning in the next six months as has been said and to a greater extent for the next 18 months to two years. If we were to greet each other two years hence, your question would be similar but from a different perspective, for you will have had two years now experience of understanding yourself as a greater being rather than as a lesser being. This will also then lead to a greater experience for you. Now you see yourself as a lesser state. Then you will see yourself as a greater being. And as you begin to describe yourself differently, you will expand your awareness of that which you are and that will in itself lead to a greater freedom. Does this assist you, dear? Mm -hmm. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Hi, Gaia. Indeed. While we were doing the exercise um, I was having feelings of extreme peace and bliss, but at the same time there was a being that kept standing there. And at the end he poured some kind of energy into my heart. Could you explain that to me? Yes. Now, in the exercise, 
the entry point was a point of nothingness, yes? Yes. It was a point of polarity, non-polarity, knowingness and unknowingness. It was indeed the unknown that drew you. Now, where there is fear within a being, there is that which would hold one back. And yet, your desire to participate in the experience and in the grander experience of your beingness drew you just the same. But where the fear would speak for you, there is at times a sentinel, there is a guardian, there is one that will speak for you where you will not speak for yourself. And this one at times will say very well, this far and then no further. Imagine that a parent says to a child, very well, as far as the second stoplight or ten blocks hence, so then it will be returned to home. And the child then will know that to venture beyond that may be unsafe or unsecured horizon. And this aspect of your beingness creates then a sentinel, a being that will say, very well, this far and no further. So you may term it a form of protection if you like, or you may term it but a guardian or a sentinel on your behalf. I guess I'm not sure why he, he whatever, stopped me. Was that the energy that he put into me was to stop? It was an energy that allowed you to feel all that you are and all that you know and there to use your own wisdom if you like to say further yes further no you see okay. it was an essence that belonged to the moment that took from one world or if you like the world of knowingness a moment to say yes no or maybe a pause and it was not as much that you would not participate in the experience, but the unknown is after all the unknown. And sometimes the being prefers the known. And it is important to honor that as well. Okay, thank you. If you will perform the exercise again, you may or may not go further, you will see. It is always important to honor one's own beingness. And after all, this garden, this sentinel is an aspect of your own beingness, provided by you, for you. Could not have been better. <laughs> Thank you. Good evening, Gaia. Good eve. Um, I am holding the thought that Shasta is positioned at intersections of ley lines and in that intersection is formed a vortex. This is correct? Yes. Is there a nature and a purpose to the energy of this particular vortex? There is both. Is this your question? Uh, it is my question, and I would like to know what my alignment with this um, nature and purpose of the mountain is. Your alignment with it is such that it holds you. In essence, it holds you upright. It holds you upstanding. 
it holds your integrity. It holds your heart positioned so that in essence it is forced to remain in the open position. The ley lines are traversed just such that to make the attempt to close either the mind or the heart or to reposition one's meridians would make it great and difficult. The energy of the vortex as it is is one that moves outward and deeply inward at very acute angles if you can imagine this. Therefore, as one seeks inward guidance, it comes very dearly, at a dear price, some would say, at very acute angles that seem to almost stab at the heart here and there. And at the same time, always outward, always expanding, always grander in idea, always grander in perception, so that those that place themselves near and about such vortex are forced not only to contemplate the heart, not only to contemplate the heart's movements and integrities, but at the same time position so that the heart must move outward, it must feel, it must say what it feels, and it must cause others to do the same. Those that position themselves here then, in essence, by agreement, endorse this. Um, is there a period of time where one remains in the vortex? Um, I, for some reason, I have this image of like a tube torus where the energy is constantly circulating around, just like our planet does, and the um, polarities um, flow all yes, of the time. Yes, such is the nature of the vortex, yes. Does that then imply that there is some journey to be taken through this vortex here? Are you not then living your journey by via the vortex? Well, I, the reason I'm, I'm asking this is because I don't really know the purpose that I came here and I'm not sure of um, the purpose of the length of time that I would be here and if I'm to go beyond and out back into the world, you know, blown out on the, on the uh, polarity, so to speak. Are you not now out and about the world? Are you not now a part of the world? Are you so insulated by this vortex that you are not also a part of such environment? I am part of the environment. Um, you have spoken of the gap before and I don't know whether that's what I'm feeling in that I'm feeling I have like no direction. I'm just sitting very still. Yes. <laughs> okay. What direction has the sun, dear? Do you know? What direction does the sun have? Yes. Outwards from itself. Very well. What direction have you? Outwards from myself. Indeed. Must it be otherwise? Is it not the planets that dance about the sun? Yes. Is it not those in your world that also revolve about you? Thank Is you. this not purpose enough, dear? Yes. Must it be a linear purpose, you see, as we have said? 
there are those then that caught in the linear purpose would yes perhaps take you beyond the walls the energetic walls of the vortex but for what purpose the sun can only be the sun and the rays of light emanating whether from the sun or from your own heart can only be that to what direction do they go do they not move equally in all directions what is your purpose in being here then if it is not to recognize that now you have said you are not certain what is your purpose in being here but perhaps I will enlighten you to another fact what is it that your life would be like if you were not here rather than to say what is my purpose in being here what is it that your life might be not here can you be certain that your heart would remain open absolutely not can you be certain that your mind would seek or that your soul would crave if there is a place that you could be and be nothing or be everything is this not such a place would it be so welcome to be nothing or do nothing elsewhere would it be not more necessary to be in constant favor and activity elsewhere so in recognition it's the human mind that is craving some form of identification yes yeah now your concern is that you are nothing and are doing nothing is that not what the buddha had insisted was very close to enlightenment <laughs> But of course, if you feel otherwise, then we will tell this great master teacher that he was in error. <laughs> Thank you, Kaya. Indeed, dear. Thank you. Do nothing and be everything, sweet one. You are so very close. Thank you. Indeed. I feel like um, or it looks as though my business is moving into another phase um, things are never quite as busy in the winter as they are in the summer and I'm needing some new creative ideas and did you not gain some in the experience that we have had um no, I think I started to fall asleep. Ah. <laughs> now then, we will address your question then. Okay. Ideas belong to the realm of thought. Creativity belongs to the realm of inspiration. Now, which do you prefer? Creative inspiration or creative ideas? Creative inspiration. Indeed. Inspiration then belongs to the no thing. You cannot think creative thoughts. You can enter a creative space in which you draw to yourself the creative inspiration with which to fulfill a purposeful design. Imagine yourself now, as we have said earlier, as an artist. An artist with a canvas before an artist with clay before or what creative architect you may be and imagine then that you have no materials of your own for to have materials would be to have ideas and therefore the only thing that you could create with these ideas would be a repeat of what you have already created and this you do not wish 
Therefore you are an artist without resources, as many artists are. And in this very resourceful place, you must draw to yourself by pure awareness all that is new, all that is inspiring, all that belongs not to the past or to the realms of fear or to the realms of I will create this but not that or that has sustained me in the past and it will more than likely sustain me again. None of this. The realm of pure innocence and from this realm you will draw to yourself from the I am that which is pure purpose. I that which I am now draw to myself the tools, the wisdom, the material all that is form in formless I circle it about me now in a great vortex that with great purpose folds itself and unfolds itself within and without and this is a perfect season with which to do this for it is the time of harvest after all it is the time of bringing forth and just before the mind goes dormant you will find a creative inspiration and you will begin to follow it as only a thread but if you will follow it sweet I promise you will come to you a new stance to take a new axis within to hold yourself and there will come a knowingness out of the unknown will come a knowingness and there are the tools to follow this is the guidance that I offer to you if you will draw from this toy chest you will find that it is very simple to create if instead you will draw from the tool chest you will find that it is you that must build and architect and scaffold all for yourself. In other words, I offer to you the realm of pure inspiration or the realm of the mind. One effortless, the other with a great deal of effort. Both may end in the same place and then again they may not. It is an exercise in being. It is an exercise in the spirit becoming whole. It is an exercise in speaking with the voice of soul rather than the voice of the mind and so it comes to you dear this I will promise to you thank you Good evening there. Good eve. I've just uh, recently moved to this area and um, I'm wondering if I'm just sort of a point man for my family or maybe some of that, maybe they'll be uh, following along behind me at some time or some point. In some ways, yes. But have you pointed in this direction? Or have you simply presented yourself and planted yourself here, you see? Is your pointer working? I haven't thought about uh, Indeed. That you must decide. Do you point here? And one of the reasons that you have not yet 
indicated is that you are not sure at what level of responsibility this would hold you, you see? One must be careful if one points, does one also lead by pointing? Does the pointing begin or end with you? Does the pointing begin with a promise or a commitment? All of these you are not certain of. For now we will say simply, hold the entirety of your presence here. Make yourself very present, make yourself very whole, make yourself very available. With arms spread wide and heart very open. If they are to be here, certainly they will find you. How could they not find such a great pointer then? A great and open heart, arms extended, ah, but the rest must be up to them, you see? In this way, you not endeavor to commit to their success here as well, which would be perhaps a greater responsibility than might become you. Be then that which you are, arms outstretched, an open heart and a mind ready to aid assistance. If it is to be a beacon, they will see it. Thank you. Indeed. Is it but the end of the evening then? Then we will say pleasantly a good evening, a good night. And may your dreams as well be inspiring. For one may enter such a place from many different portals and doorways. And the dream state is but one of many of these. It is far less constricting than the mind. And at the same time, it has obligations of its own. For to enter the realm of pure inspiration from the dream state is as well to say that one understands the language of symbols well. The doorway much simpler, the pull of the vacuum that much more less. The dimensions and the densities of experience as well, more open and more inviting. Ah, but one must speak the language then. And the language of the realm of dreams is that of symbols. So, with great care and inspiration, I send you then to this realm, and perhaps here and there, to retrieve what you will, and to make it whole in all other realms of your life. Indeed then, I bid you both adieu and good night, until we next meet. If you've enjoyed this listening experience, you may be interested in the latest book, Gaia Speaks, Solutions for a Small Planet, available as Volume 1 and 2. I'd also like to invite you to visit my website, pepperlewis.com. Thank you for listening to Gaia's Voice.